For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Hello, everyone. This is Scott Rochelle, and this is the Betting Barrier Podcast on Believe Podcast Network, the Bay Area's number one sports podcast network, the only place with a show for every team in the Bay Area and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're also available in your favorite directory, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast on Twitter. And if you want to reach out to me personally, you can find me at Reichel Radio on Twitter. On this week's show, we're going to look at the Oakland Raiders and the San Francisco 49ers as they each head into their Week 9 matchups in the NFL. And we will look to provide all of you with important information and statistics that can help everyone make some money in the betting markets. Now, normally, we talk about the Raiders game first. However... Since the 49ers are actually playing on Thursday night, or in other words, tonight, in the next couple of hours, we will start out with them as we have more time to go over the Raiders later on. So without further ado, we're going to dive right in on the 49ers. They are playing on the road against the Arizona Cardinals. In this game, the 49ers open up as 7-point favorites. They're currently 10-point favorites, and the over-under has stayed steadily at 43 all week long. Uh, the 49ers are still undefeated, one of the only two undefeated teams left in the entire league, as they were able to destroy the Carolina Panthers last week by the score of 51-13. Jimmy Garoppolo in that game ended up going 18-22 for 22 for 175 passing yards with two touchdowns and one interception. Tevin Coleman, though, was the main catalyst in the 49ers' offense as he had 11 carries for 103 rushing yards and three touchdowns, and he also had one receiving touchdown as he was fantastic. The team as a whole with the 49ers continued their trend of a rush-first attack as they had 20 as they as a team had 38 carries for 232 rushing yards, which is equal to 6.1 yards per carry, and they also had five rushing touchdowns. The 49ers currently are averaging the second fewest pass attempts in the entire league and are leading the league in rush attempts so far this season. So the notion that the 49ers are a rush-first offense is definitely accurate as this team loves to try to move the chains through its ground game, which opens up more play-action attempts downfield. Now, in terms of the receiving core, George Kittle had six receptions for 86 receiving yards. He had a passing touch. He had a receiving touchdown that got called back on a passing interference call in the first quarter, but overall, he still had a very solid game. Meanwhile, uh, wide receiver Emmanuel Sanders in his first game with the team had four receptions for 25 passing yards, but he was for 25 receiving yards, I should say. But he also had one receiving touchdown, so he made an immediate impact, and he will look to do the same against the Cardinals on Thursday night. In terms of the injury report, six-time Pro Bowler Joe Staley is doubtful for this game. Meanwhile, starting right tackle Mike McGlinchey is still out with a knee injury. Followed by Kyle Juszczyk is also still out with a knee injury. Matt Breida is questionable for this game as he has been dealing with some injury issues over the pretty much his entire career. But he is questionable and hopefully he will be able to play in this game. And Mostert is also going to be questionable and it seems like he probably won't play. But as of right now, that is still up in the air. Last week, San Francisco's defense was fantastic as it had seven sacks and it forced th- it had three interceptions. Uh, San Francisco's defense has looked like either the best or the second best defense behind New England. 
Either or, they completely destroyed Kyle Allen, and they have looked like an unstoppable unit due to their ability to bring pressure with only four guys. Look for them to try to get after Kyle or Murray, who presents a unique challenge due to his mobility as they will look to contain him and also sack him a couple of times while forcing some turnovers. And the main face of the defense has been rookie Nick Bosa. I feel like he's already pretty much wrapped up the Rookie Defensive Player of the Year award, and he's currently in the running for Defensive Player of the Year. Last week, he had three sacks and a very athletic J.J. Watt-style jumping interception, and then he ended up returning at roughly 40-something yards inside the 20-yard line. He's been unstoppable. I expect Arizona to struggle with him moving forward. But at the same point, Bosa's been absolutely tremendous, and def I definitely think that people made a big deal about him skipping his last year with Ohio State. I think that was probably the right move if you look at it now, as he has looked like one of the best pass rushers in the entire league, and expect him to uh, make his presence known against the Cardinals on Thursday night. Now switching gears with the Arizona Cardinals, they lost last week to the Saints by the score of 31-9 to on the road. Uh, they've struggled... Uh, but overall, definitely, I'd say that after the first couple of games with Kingsbury, the Cardinals have shown flashes of playing pretty well, but at the same point, they were able to beat up on some of the poor teams on their schedule, as they were able to beat, for example, the Giants as well as the Bengals in pretty close games, but overall, they're 3-4-1, and one. not great by any means, they do have Patrick Peterson back, but when you're, the three teams you beat are the Bengals, Falcons, and Giants, and then you play an actual team in the Saints and you get wrecked by roughly 22 points. I think that that's not exactly a good sign moving forward for this matchup. But as all the Cardinals will look to take advantage of the short week at home and potentially uh, ruin the 49ers' perfect season. In terms of last week, Kyler Murray, the quarterback, had 19 completions on 33 pass attempts for 220 passing yards with zero touchdowns and zero interceptions. The Cardinals as a team, though, due to game flow and some injuries on the depth chart, the Cardinals only had 11 carries for 40 yards as a whole. Now they're dealing with some other running back issues, which I will uh, talk about in uh, the next couple of minutes. But as a whole, look for them to try to run the ball a little bit more after only rushing the ball 11 times. Cardinals defense, on the other hand, was terrible last week as Breeze came back, and he absolutely torched the Cardinals. Cardinals had zero sacks, and they also gave up 510 yards of offense. So they will look to play better defense on Thursday at home. In terms of the injury report, running back Chase Edmonds is out with a hamstring injury, and starting running back David Johnson is doubtful with an ankle injury. However, the Cardinals did end up acquiring Kenyon Drake from the Miami Dolphins earlier this week, so he is actually expected to get a decent amount of carries, despite the fact that he might be a little bit unfamiliar with the playbook. It's a pretty bad scene when your starting running back and your backup running back both get injured. Not everybody has the 49ers three-headed rushing attack, but as a whole, the Cardinals will look to adapt, and they will try to do whatever they can to create a little bit more balance offensively, even though the Cardinals typically like to throw the ball under Cliff Kingsbury's system. But you can't be that one-dimensional with 11 carries and expect this game to be relatively close, especially with the 49ers' lethal pass rush. Look for the Cardinals to give the ball to Drake a decent amount to try to get him going early on. Now, in terms of the trends for this game, the road team is 5-1 against the spread in the last six meetings. The 49ers are 9-4 against the spread in their last 13 meetings in Arizona. And the Cardinals are 2-6-1 against the spread in their last nine Thursday games. As a result, I will be taking the 49ers. I think they will win by the score of 27-10. I think this game will be pretty ugly. The Cardinals, even though they have been able to move the ball, uh, not many big plays, which is kind of surprisingly, 
which is kind of surprising as the Cardinals like to spread everyone out wide, move the chains, throw some short passes, and it seems like the red zone offense has been absolutely terrible so far this season. It's a bottom five red zone offense in the entire league in terms of touchdown efficiency. And as a whole, the Cardinals, I, th I think they're going to struggle moving the ball against the 49ers in general. But I think in the red zone, it would not surprise me to see the 49ers clamp down once again and force the Cardinals into some difficult spots in the red zone. But as a whole, I think the 49ers will look to run the ball, control the time possession, try to open up the play-action pass game with Garoppolo. But as a whole, I definitely expect... A, a lot of Coleman in this game, some Jeff Wilson Jr. down the stretch, and some Brita, not much though, as he, even if he does play, he will not be at 100%, but I think this game will be relatively low scoring, as the Cardinals, I think, will struggle to find the end zone, I think the 49ers will uh, just move the ball on the ground, they have had some issues with penalties so far this season, which could potentially halt some drives, but as a whole, I think the 49ers will cover this 10-point spread, and I would lean to the under 43, as I think this game will be a little bit low scoring in typical Thursday night fashion. However, if you want more on the 49ers, on the 49ers exclusively, Believe has you covered. Check out the Believe in 49ers podcast hosted by Rashawn Haylock, alongside 13-year NFL veteran Eric Davis. Now to switch gears with the Oakland Raiders, they are actually playing at home against the Lions. This is a big deal because this is actually the first home game the Raiders have played since week two. So the long uh, road trip that the Raiders had to endure is finally over, and they will return home. The Raiders originally opened up as minus one-point favorites, and now they're currently at minus two. The over-under has not really changed much. Slight tick to the under as it ended up going from 51 to 50 and a half. The Raiders lost last week at a heartbreaker on the road to the Texans by the score of 27 to 21. Josh Jacobs, who was dealing with a shoulder injury all week, ended up playing as he had 15 carries for 66 yards. Meanwhile, Derek Carr, a little bit inaccurate as he completed 18 of his 30 pass attempts for 285 passing yards. However, he did have three passing touchdowns and zero interceptions. Wide receiver Tyrell Williams came back as he had three receptions for 91 yards and one touchdown, as Williams once again scored a touchdown, so he has scored in every single game he has played so far this season. Meanwhile, Hunter Renfro had four receptions for 88 yards and one touchdown, as he ended up catching a long pass uh, from Carr in the first half as he was able to take it to the house. Meanwhile, tight end Darren Waller only had two receptions for 11 yards, but he was able to get in the end zone for the second straight week, and he will look to remain a huge red zone threat against the Lions' suspect pass defense. Uh, moving on, though, the Raiders' defense as a whole gave up 279 passing yards and three passing touchdowns to Deshaun Watson. They had, zero they had uh, three sacks and they forced zero turnovers. Overall, the defense actually looked decent, but at the same point, Deshaun Watson is just I, he's simply a top five quarterback in all of football, and the Raiders, they thought they had him sacked in one of the goal line plays, but Watson ended up breaking out of it. I'm sure you've seen the replay of it at least seven times, and Watson ended up getting kicked in the face, and he ended up throwing a touchdown pass to Fells anyway. Overall, the main reason why the Raiders ended up losing, even though Deshaun Watson played a huge role in that, was the fact that the Raiders lost the time possession battle by over 11 minutes. They simply just didn't have the ball. The Texans went on some long drives, moved the chains. Uh, Hopkins ended up having 100-plus receiving yards as he ended up being a bit of a security blanket. But as a whole, the Raiders forced the Texans into a decent amount of third downs, and they were just unable to get off the field, which led to some long drives, which prevented the Raiders from getting the ball back offensively. The Texans also had 14 more first downs, just as a test of further... Uh, proof to the point that I just made. In terms of the injury report for the Raiders, though, for this week, uh, not they're actually relatively healthy. Uh, I mean, Burfick's still out for the rest of the year with the suspension, and Cinto Rodney Hudson's a new addition to the injury report as he is currently doubtful with an ankle injury. 
However, it seems like pretty much everybody did practice this week. Gabe Jackson was uh, practiced this week. Trent Brown practiced the week. It seems like most of the people have gotten healthy for the Raiders, which hopefully is a good sign moving forward for their first home game in uh, about seven weeks. So hopefully they're able to get the job done. Switching gears to the Lions, they were able to beat the New York Giants at home last week. Very stressful game by the score of 31-26, to in which defense was relatively optional. Matt Stafford ended up completing 25 as 32 pass attempts for 342 passing yards with three passing touchdowns and one interception. Uh, the Detroit as a team, though, struggled tremendously when it came to running the ball as they ended up having 25 carries for 59 yards, which is equal to 2.4 yards per carry. Carry-on Johnson's injury appears to have drastically influenced the play calling with Detroit. They tried to get the running game going, but they kind of used a committee led by Trey Carson, and he did absolutely nothing. Ty Johnson uh, from Maryland was supposed to provide a spark. He did pretty much nothing, and Detroit as an offense was one-dimensional as they relied on Stafford to move the chains for pretty much the entirety of the game, which worked out, but as a whole, Detroit will look for more balance moving forward. Receiver Kenny Galladay had six receptions for 123 receiving yards and two touchdowns. One of them was a beautiful trick play in which it was a backwards pass from the running back back to Stafford, and he ended up finding Galladay for a huge completion for a touchdown. Other than that, though, wide receiver Danny Amendola was the security blanket for Stafford as he ended up having eight receptions for 95 yards. So he's been pretty solid. Look for the Lions to target him on some third downs as his quickness is definitely tough to match up with. But look for him to potentially convert some third downs in this game. The Lions defense, though, did struggle as they allowed Daniel Jones to throw for 322 passing yards and four passing touchdowns. And pretty much did whatever he wanted on offense. However, the Lions did have three sacks. They did get fortunate with a backwards pass from Jones in the first quarter which was ruled a fumble, and then it was subsequently returned for a touchdown by the Lions. But overall, their defense over the last two weeks has been terrible, and they will definitely look to rectify those concerns as getting torched by Daniel Jones and the Giants at home uh, is definitely a concern after giving up 42 points to the, Lion, uh, to the Vikings the week before at home as well. So giving up 68 points in your last two home games combined is definitely not something that you should, you know, Look, that's really just not, that's awful. Uh, there's no way to sugarcoat I was trying to find a more polite word for it. You can't really do it. And now they're traveling on the road to face a solid Raiders offense that will look to torch this Lions defense once again. In terms of the injury report, the Lions are definitely more banged up than the Raiders headed into this game. As starting safety, Tracy Walker missed practice Wednesday due to a knee injury. He is currently questionable for this game. Right guard Graham Glass, uh, Glasgow is also out with a back injury. He's currently questionable for this game. He has not practiced, but that remains to be seen. Uh, even if he does play, he'll definitely not be at 100%. However, good news for the Lions, though. Cornerback Darius Slay did return to practice after missing last week's game with a hamstring injury. He was a part of some trade rumors right before the trade deadline that passed this past week, but he ended up staying put as the Lions will reinsert him back into the starting lineup this week. Now, in terms of some trends, the Raiders are 7-1 ATS in their last eight games following a straight-up loss and the Raiders are 5-1 against the spread in their last six home games. Meanwhile, the Lions are 1-4-1 against the spread in their last six games in November. In terms of a prediction, I think this game will be pretty high scoring, as both defenses leave a lot to be desired. I'm a little bit concerned with the Raiders uh, potentially losing Hudson in the starting lineup, but the Lions' defense has been so bad, and it's given up at least 26 points each of the last two weeks. I think they will struggle once again on the road, and even though I think the Lions are a better team than the Raiders, 
I can only imagine what the emotional high will be for the Raiders who finally get to play a home game after, uh, for the first time in over a month. I think that the Coliseum will be rocking. I think that the Raiders should win this game. And I, th I think the score will be high scoring, but I will take the Raiders to win by a score of 31-27. I think defense will be optional in this game, and I think you should see a lot of points. So as a result, I will take the Raiders minus 2, and I will also recommend the over 50 and a half. However, if you want more coverage on the Raiders exclusively, Believe has you covered. Check out the Believe in Raiders podcast hosted by Brad Williamson, where he will lay out the keys to victory for the Raiders this week against the Lions, as well as his general thoughts about the organization as a whole. Other than that, though, if you are interested, if you are interested in advertising for the show, please contact Believe at Believe.com. Once again, if you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're also available in your favorite directories, uh, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. Uh, if you want to find us, you can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast on Twitter. And if you want to reach out to me personally, you can find me at Reichel Radio on Twitter. Other than that, though, that's going to be this installment of Betting Bay Area, and good luck to all of you and your respective bets today. Bye, everyone. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.